Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos and today I'll be doing another Q&A from a lady called Janelle who emailed in. I'll briefly read the email so you can get a little bit of context of what I'll be answering today. So, hey Panos, lovely to the podcast, thank you. I have a question about our maybe Terrier Cross Frankie, approximately five years old, adopted from Sullenshire Animal Shelter about four years ago. So we hate strangers, which is okay, but now my kids are teens, 11 and 13, and they're wanting to have their friends sleep over at our house, and it isn't going well. I have a muzzle trained for everybody's safety. I keep him muzzled when kids and friends are around, but once he sees a stranger in our house, he bolts towards them, growling, barking, and sometimes snaps at them. I've tried greeting friends and friend, kids' friends on mutual territory before they come into the house. I've told friends to completely ignore our dog, doesn't exist. But honestly, it's scary for the friends, and once they squeal or run, it's worse. Besides putting our dog in another room when people are over, do you have any suggestions so everyone can coexist? And she, just, and she also suggested it being an upcoming podcast topic, so here we are today. And if you listen to my Q&As, I always start off by saying that this is general advice and that I can't guarantee any results from the things that I'm going to tell you only because I'm not there to observe the dog. I haven't got enough information about everything about, about the dog. I don't even know his name. So, um, so it, and also a lot of it, even though I can observe the behavior and give advice, I have to start off by saying anytime that we have any, you know, aggression issues, potential aggression issues, it sounds like you, and from the information that I have that he hasn't actually bitten anybody, but he's snapping at them, he's wearing a muzzle and he's running and accosting them. And it definitely sounds like he's in defense drive, so he's scared. And usually when a dog's fearful like that, of course, he's going to do anything he can to keep space and distance from him and the thing that is worrying him. And in this, and from the email sends, it says, kids in particular, by the sounds of it. I don't know if this is happening to all visitors and all strangers. And is it happening outside of the house only, inside the house? So, of course, there's lots of stuff going on here that, that I don't have enough information about. And so I'll start off by saying the best way to fix these sort of issues is by having somebody doing a consult in your house one-on-one and whether we can have children or people around. And I guess as a trainer comes in, so if I was to come into the house, then I'm sure I may see this, the exact same behavior, but I'm not a child and I'm not running and squealing. So is that a thing as well? Um, and in saying that, so I'm just writing another note here because something else came to mind is that the best thing that I can share throughout the podcast is by talking about number one, management strategies. If you don't, if you can't control the dog, so it sounds like he, he's got a muzzle on, so great work for muzzle conditioning because it can be a difficult thing for people to even um, start to do, let alone doing the conditioning process appropriately. We want the dog to feel neutral when wearing that muzzle, not to feel suppressed, not to feel agitated, not to feel even more angry. I want when the muzzle goes on, the dog feels calm and comfortable. And for that to occur, you need to go through a muzzle conditioning process. I'm pretty sure we've spoken a little bit about this somewhere on this podcast. There's heaps of resources out there. It's, it's all about 
using food to condition the dog to feel comfortable through a process called successive approximation. So following baby steps towards a larger goal. And at first it would be dog puts his nose in the muzzle, he gets some food. Dog puts his nose in the muzzle, he's retrieving food. And then over time, the duration the dog has to wear the muzzle, you know, one second to two seconds or five seconds while still getting fed intimately throughout that process to a point where he's like, yes, put the muzzle on, let's do some cool stuff. So let's just assume that he's got the muzzle on and he's feeling awesome and normal about it. It sounds like here when it says, should I just put him, I can't just put him in another room when there's visitors over. We can do that, but it's not desirable. Now, nowhere in the email it says it referred to the dog being crate trained. So I would 100% be crate training the dog as one way of a management strategy because anybody can open a random door. We're talking about 11 to 13 year old children here. So we're talking about erratic behavior. We're talking about unpredictable behavior. You're also talking about a child following the wrong instruction. Don't open this door. I thought you said don't open that door. I opened the door. door. The dog lunged at me, bit me, bit my face, you know, chased me, scared me. I fell over. Somebody leaves the door open while the child opens the door. Like everything can happen, right? So if a dog's in a crate in a bedroom, then a door has to open and a crate has to be opened. And I think that's a lot more safe proof for you guys. And that crate doesn't have to be in a bedroom. It could be anywhere within the house where the dog is going to feel calm and comfortable and safe. So at first you'd probably put it away upstairs. Let's just assume that the house is double story upstairs in one of the bedrooms or in the laundry somewhere, somewhere like there's no, no one's walking past the dog. He's feeling calm, relaxed. Okay, cool. I know. And we don't just chuck him in the crate when there's kids over. We do crate training as a regular occurrence while there's no kids around. So that way there, when there are people around, we can at least put him in the crate. He can't run and chase people down. Even if he's wearing a muzzle, he can still chase a child down. He can still muzzle punch them. He can still, and worse off, the behavior continues to occur. So if we were to go as a standard sort of model, dog feeling threatened, dog barks, dog sees child scream and run, dog now chases child, child runs onto a bed, someone grabs the dog. So there's a whole process going on here. And the dog's like, well, look, I may or may not be getting in trouble for this behavior. Um, who knows what sort of methods we're using to try to make him feel good. But the more that he gets to rehearse the behavior, the more the behavior gets stronger and just something to keep in mind. You can't just keep allowing him to do that. So if he's inside of a crate, which is the first option, the second option is like a dog run or, or a dog area in your backyard somewhere. So I've mentioned this like a billion times on, on the podcast is that in my house, I've split my yard in half with a pool gate. Now, since we've spoken that area for the dogs has gotten smaller since my son's birthday we had a jumping car so i had to remove the fence and you know the the fence is a little bit of an eyesore it's right in the middle of the yard it was established there for when we were looking after multiple dogs four five six ten dogs at a time so it was nice to have a large enough area for all those dogs to play but we're not looking after dogs anymore we don't do dog boarding or dog minding so my fence i've just made it shorter so i've basically given another I've taken half of its area away and there's still plenty of room for my dogs to go into their kennel. They've got another, they've got two undercover sections back there. They've got a couple of beds. They can dig underneath the, the, one of the dog runs. Um, 
the rats come up at night time, they can go and chase them. So if I was ever to put them there over night time, they can be there for a whole 12 hours and there'll be no, no issues. There's enough space for them. But the two times that like there's two examples that I'm going to utilize here for, for the listeners and for Janelle is that number one, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this, but you know, if it is, then you're going to hear it again. Right? So when the washing machine, I'm definitely sure that we've said this, when the washing machine delivery guy came over the other day, I went quickly, give me one second, I'll just go put my dogs away. Put them in the, in the dog run, I closed the gate on them, and, and that dog run is essentially a Bunnings pool fence that I've just installed um, so that way that the dogs can't get out, right? So put the dogs back there, guys come in, I clear the way, whatever, and he's like, hey, man, you're the only person who's ever put the dogs away when we bring in the washing machine in. I'm concerned that this thing's 80 kilos and I could squash a dog. And my concern is dogs, I'm leaving all the gates open so you guys can come in. My dogs can run away. Dogs can come into the house. Um, my dogs can get in your way. You could be scared of dogs. You freak out, drop the washing machine. Um, you know, so I'm not scared that my dogs are going to lunge and, and, and freak out. My dog may, like spades in particular, may, may bark once or twice. Hey, random activity in our backyard. He'll walk up and if it was a situation where he wasn't locked up, he would literally bar, bar, walk up. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Walk away. He may not even bark, but that's like the worst case scenario. But the only person who's put their dogs away and managed them and maintained them properly is the guy who trains their dogs. And I can easily tell my dogs to go to their beds and all three of them go on their bed and stay there for that duration. But again, I don't know how this guy feels. He's coming to my backyard and I've got three dogs and I'm and he's relying on me and my bed command. He may not feel good about that. And I just know that now if I tell them to go on their bed, they have to stay there. If they get off without me seeing, I have to, so it becomes a thing. I'm, I can just put them away and I have to think about them. So the person who can actually tell their dogs and be instructed to do something with a sound set of obedience skills still puts their dogs away. So for you, Janelle, having an area in the backyard where it's like, hey, this is dog land. And yeah, he may bark and carry on, but that's better than him running and lunging at kids. Now, look, another option out of all of this is that there's just no sleepovers and we just don't have people come over. But what sort of life is that? I'm sure your kids won't like that. I'm sure it's not good for your lifestyle. So it's either we don't facilitate having anybody over, which is unrealistic and not recommended, or we have a place in the yard where we can put the dog and you can spend the whole entire time of when it's it's um it's sleepover time. Hey, look, we're going to do dinner. The kids are going to be running the backyard. They're on the trampoline. They're doing stuff. They're having fun. I'm just going to put the dog away. I can either put him in the crate. I can either put him in the backyard. I could also, which is a, and I'll talk about the next options in a moment, is have him on the leash. Obviously. So um, and when I say obviously, I'm saying obviously like yeah, put him on the lead when there's people around so you can physically ma- manage him. Now you may or may not be doing that, Janelle, but I wouldn't do any other thing except for have him on the leash when he's outside of these secure areas, especially if he's displaying these behaviors. We haven't even talked about behavior modification. We haven't even talked about fixing the behavior. We're just making sure people are safe. We're making sure dog doesn't get to rehearse the behavior. And of course, we don't want him to be unnecessarily stressed. If he's in his dog area or in his, in his crate and nobody messes with him, then he may even prefer that. He may not like it. And you have to also teach him how to be comfortable in those areas. My son's birthday, as I said, the jumping castle was there for the first, you know, half of the party. There's food being passed around. Kids are just coming in and out. Gates are open, you know, even up until when the cake was done and everyone ate their cake, the dogs were in their dog area. They were behind the, like no one could even see them because the gate was um, behind the jumping castle. 
I had my godson asking me, like, come on, you, you, you promise, Pinky promise, we'll bring the dogs out. I'm like, I will, but making sure all the food's done. I don't want dogs being fed cake. I don't want people feeding my dogs random stuff. I don't want a child to freak out because there's a big 38-kilo dog that walks up to him and then he runs away. So I just made sure before I brought the dogs out, I just let everyone know, hey, I'm bringing the dogs out. Everyone cool with that, blah, blah, blah. Brought the dogs out. They came out. It was all happy-go-lucky and it was cool. But my dogs weren't just hanging around while brand new little tiny four-year-olds are walking into the the backyard for the first time. They walk in, they see a dog, they may um, freak out. And that may even give my dogs a negative experience as well. Not so much Nookie and not so much Chili, but with Spades, he's not that fond of children, to be honest. He's safe around them, but there's times where kids are running around and you can see he's like, whoa, I don't know if I like this. And he's getting on, he's getting old, whatever. So I'm like, hey, I put him in the back section. We don't let the kids be unsupervised. If I have to run inside while I'm looking after the kids to come back out and my dog's, you know, done something to a dog, that would be the worst case scenario that I would never want it to live out. So I've always can manage it. So at the party, I didn't have the dogs running around at the beginning. I had them in their area. If I didn't have that area, if you can't make that area, and I'm sure you can one way or another, but if it's just impossible, then um, think about, well, like, no, sorry, before I say if you can't do it, then you're just going to go with the crate or some sort of penned area within a bedroom or a laundry or in the garage or something. But there's there's usually a side of the house where most people have. You can also make an area. It doesn't have to be the most intense area, but somewhere where you can be safe, safely contained and not stressing out and barking his head off the whole time that you can put in while you have visitors over. And because there may be a visitor coming over for half an hour, you haven't seen them in a long time, they're coming to pick up something and you go, look, I'm, this is not a training session. This is more of an important conversation. I'm going to put the dog away. For example, if there was the kids that were going to come over, let's just say they're getting dropped off at three o'clock and they're not getting picked up till the morning, then this is going to be a whole nother scenario. So I probably wouldn't, like if you were to, if that was to occur, then this is what I would do. Dog gets put away within his area or in his crate. Kids come over. We settle them. They put their stuff down. Because remember as well, as soon as kids are walking into the house, it's excitement. Oh my gosh, Johnny's here. Whoa, doorbell goes. Dog freaks out. We're like this whole massive commotion. So you can tell everyone, be calm, be relaxed, walk into the house. But what's the likelihood that's going to happen, especially if there's like a dog barking and, and, and freaking out at them? I think meeting out the front is not is a great option. And I, again, I didn't get enough information about what happens out the front, but muzzles on and it sounds like, again, I don't even know what Janelle you're walking your dog on. Um, I wouldn't have him on a harness. I would have him on some sort of martingale collar or slip lead, keeping the collar up nice and high. And again, I need to be able to see what's your loose lead walking looking like? What's your general basic obedience like? Does the dog follow basic obedience? Does he walk calm on the leash? Is he comfortable walking past people while out in the street while being on the leash? Can you do that while the muzzle's on? So there's a few different things that need to be addressed before expecting this to be a smooth interaction of, hey, kids, let's go for a walk down to the park. We go for a walk, put the dog on the long lead. You guys play, do whatever. We all come back. Now, do the kids even want to do that? They're 11 and 13. They probably don't want to follow mum and go for a walk down the street. Maybe a seven-year-old and, and, and a five-year-old is going to be, find that more exciting. I don't know about 13 year olds may not find that exciting. It may just be a requirement of, Hey, look, this is what we're doing. Um, so we're, we're, we're going for this walk and it may only have to be like a half an hour interaction. We come back inside, we come back inside dogs still on the lead dogs on the leash the whole entire time. He's outside of his crate or he's outside of the pen leads on. 
And of course, through the behavior modification process, we want to make, be making sure that our dog's making reasonable decisions, number one. Number two is that reasonable in terms of not lunging and barking, as well as fo showing focus on us. Can we start to create an, a new state of mind when there's children around? Hey, when, when there's children around, the lead's on, we're at work and we're doing stuff. I'm not going to let the kids look at you, touch you, or talk to you. They're going to leave you alone to support you. You have to be there as well to manage the situation. Kids can't just be running past him and acting erratic again. Do we have willing participants for this sort of interaction? Because there may be a certain child that comes over that is just not suitable for making sure Scruffy feels good about this situation. So you can see that there's many variables to be, to be addressing here. I just got off the phone to um, a potential client. And his issue was that his dog barks when he sees people and barks when he hears people in the apartment. And for me to guarantee that we can stop those behaviors, I need to see what's happening. Does the dog understand? Does he have clarity through the leash? Does he understand your communication? Does he understand his commands? How does he feel when he's out walking? Does he have a regular job and purpose to be fulfilled by every day? Can he be put away in a certain area, crate or yard, without any um, issues or, or anxious responses. So I'd be addressing all those things before getting to the tip of the spear of, of the issue, which is my dog lunges at kids. And again, Janelle, um, this episode's obviously directed towards you, but it's general and advice for all the listeners to be able to consider um, these sort of elements. I would also be considering these elements if you have a young dog that you don't have these issues, have these systems in place so that the problem doesn't become a thing. Because um, it could be that everything was smooth sailing until one incident occurred and then everything snowballed out of out of um, perspective. So out of control, sorry. Don't even know what I'm saying now. So having that, having that leash on is ensuring the dog, you have him under effective control. Can you start working on when you look at, you know, Steve running around and playing with my son, can your dog focus on you? Can your dog, you know, um, give you any attention? If you can, can you start rewarding good behavior? Can you start issuing, hey, come on, on your bed while we're doing this, the kids are going to be at a 10 meter distance from us. You don't have to worry. After five, 10 minutes of training, we go back into the pen, we go back into the yard, or I put you somewhere where the kids can't come. I would even be doing this while kids come over. Can we practice as a training session? Kids come over for an hour, they leave, the session's over. Rather than going, hey, this has been really good. We have to do this for another eight hours while they sleep here. So again, lots of stuff going on. I, would, I do need a lot more information, observation. I need to be able to feel for the situation. I don't know what sort of personality you are, how you communicate with the dog, what sort of control you have over the children, you know, because if they're not listening, doing all the wrong things, and that could be probably part of the, like, big part of the problem. You know, things to consider are how is your loose lead walking? Can your dog follow commands? Do you have willing participants? What is the frequency of visitors that you have over? And are your kids involved in any form of training, exercise for the dog? You know, and when I say, how do you play with your dog? When I asked my clients the other day, do you play with your dog? And I asked from the wrong, like I, I asked the wrong question. I had the right intention. Do you play with your dog? And of course, yeah, we play. She brings a tug to me, we play. I'm like, mm, do you train your dog? Yeah, we kind of train sometimes here. Well, training and playing for certain dogs, dogs that have a high prey drive, and that's a, that's a big chunk of the dogs that, that we own that have some form of issue. A lot of these dogs have a high desire to play and to, and to be fulfilled by that ball or that tug. 
Do you utilize the ball and the tug as a reward for your training session so you can get the most out of your dog, fulfill your dog, give your dog purpose, and be able to teach them some sort of impulse control? Through that relationship building of playing the game, can you show them which context is what? When the leash is on, we're doing certain things. Certain, sometimes people come over, I'm going to make you feel safe. I'm going to have to teach the kids how to feel safe by doing all the right things, but we want the dog to feel safe, not to be telling him off or acting scared, which kind of doesn't make sense. You can't get him in trouble if he's acting scared and acting out. Now, we do want him to understand that certain behaviors are inappropriate, but I can't over through with the limited information I have tell you how to correct the behavior if I haven't seen it. But I do want him to feel good. I want him to feel a certain way when he sees the kids. I want him to have a sense of control and I want you to have that sense of control. So good management, crate, yard, leash, continue with the muzzle for sure. Continue with the strategy of making your dog feel you know, good while there's kids around. Can you continue to meet people out the front, go for a walk, enter the house together, make it a brief five, 10 minute situation. All is good. Finish on a positive note, put the dog away, bring him back out an hour later, make it positive. All is good. Put him back away. And then slowly, slowly those interactions of him being out means that he can spend more time out, maybe different people. He can spend more time than others. What's his um, drive for food? Can you, when you bring him out, go, this is a feeding opportunity. So then, of course, and we can start working on that socialization towards people as like those next steps. And what's his relationship with you and the kids like? What's the energy level? Is it just intense excitement all the time? And he's just like spazzing out because he's he's highly aroused, he's excited, but he's also feeling threatened and it's just so much going on. And like what's home life like? When there's no kids around, when there's no visitors over, is it just intense all the time? And there happens to be people are over while there's an intense environment of your house or is your house quite a calm Zen feel and he just only has a problem. You know, so there's a lot of things. I'm going to finish this off by saying, if you haven't, like if you can implement some of these things and you have, and you've solved your problem, then the problem was like low level and this is awesome. I would say, Janelle, reach out Let's if you're, if you're in my area or if not, I can refer somebody to you. Let's do some sort of training so that way there I can see what's going on and within one, two or three sessions, we may be, may be able to have a higher level of expectation of him and set him up for success, look at what the situation is like, get to meet you guys, get to meet the dog and I think that's where you're going to get the most success, especially for these sort of issues. And even if I made a video of your situation and shared it to the next person who has an issue with kids and um, coming over, it still may not be complete for them. So even if I'm directly answering your question, when it comes to these nuanced sort of issues, there's so many, so many cogs in the wheel that need to be addressed that can be different for everybody. So, and I stress that a lot because I don't want you to think, oh, I'm just going to do this thing. And and I, again, never here have I said, let the kids feed him food, let him come and sniff and do this special thing. I want to make sure that you're creating the desired behavior off the bat by setting your dog up for success. Reach out, do some one-on-one training for anyone out there that's that's got issues with like reactivity, aggression issues. It's always best to seek a good balance trainer and if you're not sure who is a good balance trainer i do have quite a cool network of of trainers around the world so if you were in whichever country you're in you can reach out send us a message or email and the best way to contact us is just go onto instagram life with your dog podcast send us a dm or send us an email you can send an email directly to me panos at np 
N for Nelly, P for Panos, npdogtraining.com. And it's not com.au, it's .com. And panos at npdogtraining.com. Send an email through and then I could um, recommend or refer a trainer that's local to you because when it comes to these issues, it's best to just not try so many different things and you're researching and you're looking things up and you're, you know, you're Googling and you're YouTubing. While you're trying so many different methods, you could be making more of a problem for yourself and you're going to feel more confused, more frustrated, paralysis by analysis, way too much information. None of it seems to be working and it could just be an overwhelming and a costly sort of process. Get onto it sooner rather than later so that way there you can live harmoniously because the dog's only young. He's only like four years old, five years old. So there's so much life experience and these kids are getting older and there's going to be – we don't want to be hindering their – relationships and people not being able to come over because of the dog we don't want to have to like rehome the dog or you know give the dog a shitty experience so get on to as soon as you can it sounds like you're doing the right things thanks for listening and um and i hope this helps you janelle and anyone else out there and it's been fun to do another q a it's been a while Uh, much love to you all thanks for listening and until next time have an awesome day or night see you thank you for listening to another episode of life with your dog Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, dot com, dot A-U. I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna Canine Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.